Now, maybe I have found myself after smoking the Kristoff totally into the pigtail. The way you wrap the cap as an homage to the rollers in Cuba. Something you can actually bite off. Now, the Davidoff Dominicana is supposed to have the pigtail, but I'm sorry, I used a cutter. But it don't change anything about the flavor. It's eat, drink, smoke, or we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy, and this is the Davidoff Dominicana Toro. I was debating, Fingers, whether or not we had smoked this cigar before, and it dawned on me that I actually smoked a Robusto version of this cigar on the day of the Indianapolis 500, the Indianapolis 500-mile race, IndyCar. I was there at the track. It was the first cigar of the morning at about 4.10 a.m. That's when I, maybe it was a little bit earlier, when I had this cigar, I'm like, that was good. Let's do this again. We're doing the Toro uh, right here. And so this is a 54 by 6. Six refers to six inches long. <laughs> Always makes fingers my I laugh. And the ring gauge is 54. So that's the diameter of the cigar, basically how thick it is around. <laughs> if you had a 64 ring gauge, you would be a full inch around. This is a Dominican uh, wrapper, Ecuadorian in the binder and filler that is uh, Dominican as well big big cigar not the biggest cigar i've ever smoked in terms of the flavor profile but with davidoff the one thing i can tell you without any question construction perfect draw perfect time and time and time again we just lit this up fingers Malloy, where are you at well you could tell right away that it's a well-constructed cigar uh you know we're in the first third the nice even burn uh so far, for me, I'm not getting any sweetness on the stick. It's it's spice, pepper, uh, maybe some wood, uh, but I'm not getting any chocolate at this point. I'm not getting any, uh, maybe a little bit of cream, uh, but no no fruit notes or anything like that. Where are you at? All right, so we've just lit this up, and remember, everything is dependent on what you ate, what you drank, what the weather is like. That all changes the metabolism. It changes the saliva, changes how you're going to take in flavors, which is why we suggest so often right it down. By the way, the official Eat, Drink, Smoke Cigar Notebook will be available for Christmas. Oh, we have a couple of things coming. It's it's pretty fantastic. I actually have a little bit of sweet and 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 uh, a bit of leather on the tongue and on the lips, which is something I enjoy. But we've just lit up. We're just in the first third. You break it down into thirds, guys. First third, second third, and final third. Flavors do change as you go through the cigar. Certainly, you've got a buildup of heat that's going on. You've got a buildup of, of, of how that tobacco moves and flows. This cigar, as Fingers Malloy would say, is beefy. Yes. That's another one of our terms you only hear here on Eat, Drink, Smoke. We talk about cigars that have that wiffle ball bat kind of feel where it's just a little too light. You think it should have a little more heft to it. This is perfect. This has got some big heft. It matches what you think a 54 ring gauge Toro would be. But right now, right off the bat, that first hit was pepper, which you'll find very, very often. You'll find that spice on a first hit because you've just lit up, depending on where the cigar is from. But it has, right there on the lip, right there on the tip of the tongue, just this unique touch of sweet. Now, I'll tell you, I've already had coffee uh, today, so that could be changing where I'm at. You have no idea how what you ate will affect everything you feel about a cigar. Now, is this your first stick of the day? This is not my first stick of the day. I actually had a different Davidoff 
uh, the millennium uh, that you will see uh, the review of that as we do those shorts on Instagram. So if you follow us on Instagram, Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast, or you follow the YouTube channel, Eat, Drink, Smoke, uh, you'll, and you can find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com, you'll be able to see the, what you do with these quick 30-second reviews just to give people, hey, here's something you might want to try. Hey, here's something uh, for, for the weekend. Here's something you may want to look into. This is not a small pup. And the Dominicana, I will admit, is not one you're going to find everywhere. I think it's a cigar that you do have to try when you find it. I I think you do too. I mean, look, this wrapper is just beautiful, isn't it? This is a dark chocolate wrapper. You when you feel the wrapper, you got a little bit of the oil there, a touch of that suede kind of feel, not grit. I happen to love a, a, a gritty wrapper. Um, you could see the outline of the leaf pretty dang perfectly in this. You'll notice this is a little veiny, and that's what I noticed. You can see yeah. like the vein of of, of the leaf. Um, Sometimes I find when it's got a little too much of that, you create a little bit of issues with with the smoke. Now I've never actually had that problem with with a, with a Davidoff, and I think that it, Davidoff has done such a good job of be, coming back so strong over these last years. It doesn't mean that everything Davidoff does is a winner. There are cigars in the Davidoff line that people love, where I'm like, eh, right? I, I, I'm not going to throw it away, right? But um, eh. This is one that I, I was very impressed when we first uh, were able to get our hands on it. Uh, and then now to, to follow up, I just think that there's something very lovely happening here and very easy on the back of the throat. One of the things that we learned from the cigar convention, the PCA, the Premium Cigar Association Conference that happened in Las Vegas, a lot of rollers, whether it's John Huber over Crowned Heads or, or Luciana Morales at Ace, Ace Prime, uh, Justo Roa. Uh, for JRE, very concerned about having a clean smoke, not feeling it in the back of the throat. There were a couple of guys who we certainly respect who talked about this being a very important. The guys over at Miguelera um, uh, talked about this and having that very kind of clear smoke. And certainly with Davidoff's, I don't get it in the back of the throat. That doesn't mean you might not wake up tomorrow. With a little bit of that taste in your mouth, you're, you're not alone, right? It's not like you don't know how to smoke. You do. It happens sometimes. But I think that there's a lot of goodness in here, a lot of good smoke, a lot of great flavor that's starting to build right now, but clean in the back of the throat. Well, I've had people ask me from time to time, you know, if uh, the back of the throat is influenced uh, by when you try to retrohale. Uh, and, Ooh, and I don't know. Because I'm not a retrohaler. So retrohale is when you... Bring it out the sinuses. You, you don't inhale. Please, people, listen to Bill Clinton. Do not inhale. A retrohale is when you bring it out the sinuses. Your nose has all these amazing nerve endings, and you're able to pick up a tremendous amount of unique flavors from, from doing that. I rarely do it. It's just not my style. So I can't say that's what it comes from, because I've had cigars where it's like, oh, I feel it in my toes. <laughs> right. I've had cigars that have made me feel not okay before. So, no, I don't. I, that's interesting that you've had people discuss... Specifically from the retro. Yeah. Head. The other question I have for you, Tony, we always ask uh, as far as value, what, what are we looking at per stick on this bad boy? You're looking at $24 a cigar. This is not the cheapest of the cigars. You could see this up to 30 bucks for sure. You could see the Dominicana because it's not always uh, uh, available, right? This is the 2014. You're not always going to find it. Now, at that price point, Fingers Malloy, is it in your humidor? It's probably not in my humidor, but it is definitely on my list for when I go to a place like Blend Bar Cigar. That's exactly the way I feel. I think that I was very, very impressed by that Robusto, and I'm curious to see where I go 
with with uh, the, this this Toro. It is a it feels big. It is a big cigar. It is a big smoke. And I don't know if this is my back of the deck cigar. This is my go out and enjoy right. a, a, a cigar out out with with friends, even out with couples. You know, you're going to be out for a couple of hours. You can take your time with this. That's where I am with it. It is the Dominicana from Davidoff, the Toro. It's got a, there's there's a little bit of sweet going on right now on the tip of the tongue and on the lips. We'll see if some of those leathery flavors build in and grow from it. $24 to $30 a stick. You got to decide if it's in your humidor. This right here, this is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow the Eat, Drink, Smoke show on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. So Fingers Malloy just asked me a very good question, and it's, it reminded me that we don't talk enough about price and value, what's in your humidor, and, and where people get scared off on cigars. Eat, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. The podcast is growing huge. We now have the snack size edition. You're getting two each and every week, and it's free. You can't beat that deal with a stick. You can't find that deal at Walmart, people. It's phenomenal. The question, as, as we often discuss cigars, and we talk about the value of a cigar, what is the cost and is it in, in, in your humidor? And what Fingers Malloy was saying is that, you know, when he takes a look at this Davidoff Dominicana, $24 to $30 a cigar, it's not that he doesn't like it. Likes it a lot. I mean, that's, but it's just a question of, is this where I'm spending my money? Yeah, not only that, you know, when we're talking about in your humidor versus enjoying it at your favorite cigar lounge, I, I'm not, I, I usually like to stay around $10, $15 a stick for something at home or even, you know, sometimes less if it's going to be something where I'm just mowing the lawn. But when we get to $25, $30, $35 a stick, I'm willing to spend that. But for me, that's more, I, I don't want to exaggerate, but it's an event. Right. And I don't want to be interrupted with things at home. <laughs> you know, you got kids, you're, you know, coming in, you know, the neighbor comes over. It's like if you're having this stick, I don't want to be interrupted when I'm spending that kind of money. So first things first, the amount of a cigar does not necessarily mean how good a cigar is. True. The cigar that's good is the cigar that you like. This is very much like wine. Uh, the, the idea that a cigar is a good cigar only because it has a big price tag is never true. Whether you like Hondurans or Nicaraguans, Dominican cigars, all those, those things matter. Do you like Maduros? Do you like Cabanos? Do you prefer a Connecticut wrapper? Those things are about you and about your palate, and none of those decisions are wrong. That's first and foremost. But I think you bring up something interesting. Where do people spend their money, and what is the experience they want from it? I will tell you that when I am on the deck and having a cigar... I, 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 I can't, I don't actually get interrupted. Maybe the family's afraid of me. I'm not, I'm not, you know, don't interrupt dad. He's having a cigar again. Maybe, maybe uh, that's it. So I have never thought about, oh, I don't want to spend the money on, on that kind of cigar. I think the, the question is, am I going to get a satisfaction out of it? And there is something different about going out. You know, you're going to be out. You want to have a full experience. Cigars are an experiential kind of thing. And I will give you an example. This was a Gallup poll. And, and I don't want to get political. It was about race relations, which, of course, is so much of what 
people say they're talking about all across the country. And it, it, the, the, the poll said that 47% of Americans thought race relations were better. 53% thought race relations were worse. And my answer was, none of those people have been in a cigar lounge. Yeah. What they're talking about is very much what you see on TV. It isn't what you're experiencing in your real life. I, you and I have been in every cigar lounge in America. <laughs> We're going to go on tour and visit every cigar lounge in America. There, there are guys I have talked I have talked politics in the cigar lounge with people who are white and with people who are black and with people who are Asian, people who are Hispanic. It never gets unruly. It never gets out of hand. No one ever walks away and says, I'm never talking to you again. Nobody's starting a fight. It's part of a generalized conversation that usually then goes back to, so what are you smoking? What do you think of that? Have you tried the this? Have you? That's how it goes. I've had more conversations, as we've discussed before, about parenting in a cigar lounge right. than I have a, about politics. And so, it's, it, again, it's this what people say versus what is. But experience in a cigar lounge is something that is ultimately relaxing. That's why I'm attracted to it. This is a lifestyle. Yeah. That's why I like it so much. As much as I enjoy cigars, I, I enjoy the opportunity more than the cigar. Well, the cigar, the cigar lounge, we've talked about it on several occasions, is the great unifier, right? I mean, we're not just talking about race. You could have a CEO of a major company uh, sitting next to a plumber, (laughs) and they're sitting back, and and what are they talking about? A lot of times they're talking about what they're smoking, or also they get get into these these issues about, you know, I think the CEO is asking the plumber, how does he make so much money? (laughs) It's one of the great jokes in 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 America. A plumber shows up at a a doctor's place to, to fix the toilet, and 30 seconds later, the toilet's fixed, and the plumber hands the doctor a bill for $350. Actually, it's, it's a lawyer, not a doctor. It doesn't matter. Hands the lawyer a, a, a bill for $350, and the lawyer says, my God, I didn't charge. I don't even charge $350 an hour. And the plumber says, when I was a lawyer, I didn't charge $350 an hour either. <laughs> I screwed up the joke, but you know where I was going. Um, it, it does equalize in that way because people don't ask questions. They don't, they don't care. No. They care about you, and they care about the moment, and they care about having that experience, maybe making a new friend or at least having a, an interesting conversation where they learn something. But I think you, you make a point that I think a lot of people can connect to. If they're going to spend big, it's for the moment, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. So I can appreciate what you're saying. If you're going to spend $24, $30 a cigar – it's, it's in the lounge. It's not in the humidor. I will tell you that my, my average cigar in my humidor is somewhere between $15 and $20. Okay. Uh, I, I, I would say I, uh, there are a couple things out there in that $8, $10, $11 range that I do and I enjoy. And I, the, the Oliva Serie V, just off the top of my head, absolutely. But I find myself reaching for the Milanio, and that one's $17, $18 a cigar. But I get that much more enjoyment out of it. It really, for me, is is a more enjoyable smoke. But I, it, it's so true. People get wrapped up in the, what am I supposed to be spending? I, I, I would argue you should spend more on on your cigar than other things. Like for example, the one dollar hot dog at Seven Eleven. Right now, Fingers Malloy, month of July. This is for you. This is the Fingers oh. Malloy dinner menu right here. According to the people at Delish, you can go in to a 7-Eleven, and you can get a $1 hot dog. The quarter pound big bite. You ever have one of those? Have I ever had a big bite? Do you ever have one of those today? (laughs) Not today, 
Unfortunately, there are no 7-Elevens in central Indiana. But back when I was a bartender, oh my goodness, we give a last call at 2 o'clock in the morning, and if anyone who's worked at the bar, they know how it is. You don't get out till 3.30. you got to clean right. up, uh, get the, the drunks out. Uh, and the only place to get food is 7-Eleven. So I, on the way home, I would grab a big bite with chili and cheese, um, a bag of Doritos, and a fountain Mountain Dew. And I was in heaven. At 3.30 in the morning, you're having not just the hot dog I can accept, with chili and cheese. There's no other way to have it because then you can take the, the Dorito and dip it in the chili and cheese because you actually, you know, you have to put a little bit more chili and cheese on the big bite uh, than necessary for, for the dipping, Tony. The dipping. It's key. I, 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 don't, I don't know how you're uh, alive. I have never had the quarter pound big bite. Have you had any at food 7- at 7-Eleven? Sure. I've had food at 7-Eleven that came wrapped and was probably in bar form. <laughs> I, I think that's it. Have I told the story of the hot dog you bought me in Vegas? Oh, no, you haven't. <gasps> that wonderful hot dog. The Casino Royale, people, which is the casino you stop into when you just can't make it to a real casino. Oh. And, and they sell. You know what? I, I will share the story. I will share the story of, of the hot dog that Fingers Malloy ate in two bites and I threw out after two bites. This right here is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Get everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Smoking the Davidoff Dominicana. Somewhere between $24 and $30 a cigar is what you're going to find in this. That Dominican uh, wrapper, Ecuadorian in the binder, and Dominican in the filler, dark, luscious. Uh, the flavors there, there was definitely that that sweet that that was on there and it was on the tongue. It's just starting to kind of develop out and touch that spice. And I would say a little bit of of, of a wood that's coming out in there as well. Yeah, me. for me, I'm not getting any sweetness off the stick, but maybe it's because of something I ate earlier. Uh, mostly, <laughs> and that spice has kind of subsided for me. It's it's very creamy as I'm getting into the second third, and I'm getting that that you know cedar wood note as well. Um, it's it's just really delightful, nice pleasant smoke. It's it's definitely a, a bigger smoke, but not overwhelming. You just feel, you can certainly feel that there's some good size, a good strength uh, to it, but it's 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 not beating us up. By any stretch of the imagination, that's the Davidoff Dominicana. It's time, Fingers Malloy, for News of the Week. Well, Tony, in news that uh, pretty much reaffirms my decision to not eat vegetables, uh, packaged lettuce sold at Walmart and other major retailers have been recalled over salmonella concerns. This is this is starting to become a thing. I don't know if it, like, maybe this happens. I, should, I shouldn't say maybe. This happens a lot. I just feel like I've noticed it more lately. That there have been these these recalls of things, and we've got more recalls on, on our, our list. It's called Bright Farms, and it's a voluntary recall of packaged salad greens in Illinois, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Indiana. Uh, they were all processed in Illinois. Yeah, you, Illinois, you did this. <laughs> so select Walmart stores, uh, Mariano's Fresh Market, Sullivan Foods, Caputo's, Jewel Osco, Pick and Save, Metro Market, Cops, and I think what's pronounced Tadix. T-A-D-Y-C-H. That sounds right. S. I, I, look, you're, you're talking about a fresh product. Things can happen. But this happened with romaine lettuce and literally ended romaine lettuce 
in America for almost a year. Yeah. I mean, it, w- it was bad. It was bad for those girls and producers. Restaurants couldn't, couldn't carry anything. Caesar salad you weren't going to find. Yeah, th- this kind of stuff makes me paranoid about buying any kind of uh, bagged lettuce. You know, uh, I just, it's not something I do. I don't get the pre-made salads in bags because it feels like stories like this every six months to a year pop up. And I know, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Oh, that's the reason you don't eat salads? Of course. You know, I I, balanced uh, food pyramid I have. Uh, I make sure to get all of my greens. Uh, Like shamrock shakes, for instance. Should Uh, we play America's favorite game? It's time to play America's favorite game, everybody. What did Fingers Malloy eat today? We will go through the list of what Fingers Malloy ate, and when he is done, you will say, Fingers Malloy, how are you still alive? So, Fingers Malloy, what did you eat today? I had a game-changing experience today, Tom. Oh, is that right? Game-changing experience. A game-changer. Game-changer or life-affirming? Game-changer and life-affirming. Can they be both? Uh, You know what? (laughs) Today, Sure. (laughs) So in the morning, I got up and I, you know, I, I stopped and I got a liter of uh, Diet Pepsi and three donuts. Stop. Uh, Just stop. You say that with such nonchalance. First, the liter of Diet Pepsi. That's terrific. Tell me about said donuts. Well, you had the uh, vanilla uh, cream uh, Long John. Right, uh, and then you got to balance that out with the chocolate donut with peanuts sprinkled on right, top. Right, that's a standard for you. Yes, and then uh, today I incorporated a glazed twist donut. Ah, oh. so looking for a little something special. Exactly, a little kink in your life. Got the twist. Right. So then on the way here, uh, I wait, wait, wait. That's all you had. You had no, you had no snacks from the vending machine. No, no, no snacks from the vending machine today. Somebody's healthy, right? Well, I made up for it. Uh, I stopped at McDonald's. I, they have rewards now. Uh, on their app, and I got. Did you catch how fast he said that? <laughs> I stopped at McDonald's. I scored on the app a free quarter pounder with cheese. Uh, wait, wait, what was that? A quarter pounder with cheese. Quarter pounder with cheese. Uh, small fry. So, oh, a small one. Yes, I still had a little bit of my diet Pepsi leftovers, so no beverage. But I ordered uh, an M M&M and M McFlurry on the app, and I found out today there's always customized ingredients whenever you're ordering something on the app. You can add to your McFlurry caramel, hot fudge, marshmallow, all right there. I blew me away. So what did you add well, to the, oh wait, what kind of McFlurry was it? It was an M&M McFlurry. To the M&M McFlurry. What did you add? What size McFlurry, by the uh, way? They only have one now, at least the, the one okay. I go to. They don't have the snack size McFlurry. It's just a regular size McFlurry. Well, yesterday I did the hot fudge. Today... <laughs> Today, I did the caramel, uh, 40 cents extra, but well worth it, and it will change your life. So you, this is part of the Fingers Malloy meal at McDonald's, like Travis Scott, (laughs) you have a caramel M&M McFlurry. Yes, today. (laughs) So tomorrow, it may be whipped cream. I don't know. Tomorrow, not once a week, people, (laughs) once a day, which leads us to ask Fingers Malloy. How are you still alive? I did three lunges today <laughs> and a back bend. I feel fantastic. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'm just sad or jealous. I have no idea which one I it is. I don't understand. You know, we, you, you teased it earlier about the Casino Royale foot-long hot dog. It was delightful. No, it so so. <laughs> there's Fingers Malloy and I in Las Vegas. 
and I am in my suit. Fingers Malloy is in his Harley gear, and he's like, come on, we're going to stop into the Casino Royale. It's Vegas the way it should be, which is the way Fingers talks when he's not on the air. <laughs> and in the back of the, of the Casino Royale, you got to walk through the casino, of course. They have what all great casinos have, which is a food court. And they, they've got the Pizza Hut. And then, and then they have the subway where they emphasize the uh, no tuna tuna. <laughs> they have tuna. They're very, very upset about that. And then they have where you can get the foot-long hot dog. Now, it's not a hot dog in boiling water. It's not a hot dog coming off a grill. No, no, no. It's the hot dog on the rollers like you get at your local convenience store. And Fingers Malloy said, I am in heaven. He actually said, yes. like Krusty the Clown, Whoa. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> so Fingers Malloy orders his, and what do you get yours with? Just mustard and onion. Just mustard and onion. I, a purist, get it plain. I'm like, all right, I'm in. It's two fifty. It's $2.50. I mean, it's, it's, it's rivaling Costco. And I, I bought because I had just won $100 uh, playing video uh, poker. So uh, the least I could do. I said, Tony, dinner's on me. So Fingers Malloy sits down to partake of his meal like there's white linen uh, at play. The, the, the floor was sticky. The floor was sticky. And next to us was people who had just come from the pool who I guarantee you were not wearing bottoms to their bikinis. <laughs> The best part about that was Tony took two bites, uh, started to turn green, look at, looked at me with such hatred in his eyes, and threw away the hot dog, and then let me sit there and eat the rest of my hot dog. And then I, I noticed after about two minutes, uh, Tony didn't sit down. I, I refused. <laughs> it was a very nice suit. <laughs> I was not about <laughs> to cost myself. I was not having that dry cleaning bill. No, sorry, I was not explaining that to my wife. Oh, Nothing. That hot dog was despicable. All beef. No, it was not. I grew up on Hebrew National. No, it was not. It was, it was horrific. It was painful. I'm still getting over it. Well, I, part of the problem is you ate it plain. Now, I had plenty of mustard on it, and then they didn't have an onion gun like they have at Costco over at the Casino Royale. She just gave me two fistful of onion. That's, that's, that's actually With said, her bare hands. <laughs> she may have coughed on one. But what the heck? You're in Vegas. What difference does it make? It was delightful, and it was $2.50. That said, uh, we did gamble at the Casino Royale, and Fingers did win money, so they can't be all bad. But 100 that, bucks. See, no, two fifty is not worth it. Now, don't get me wrong. There are deals out there. I think the $1.50 uh, Costco hot dog is one of the great deals of all time. I will be skipping the two fifty hot dog at Vegas <laughs> uh, I, 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 right, right to the buffet. Because if I'm going to have people coughing on food, why not have be all the food? <laughs> and not just one particular item. If you've gone to the Casino Royale and had the hot dog, let us know. Facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke. Remember, you can find our reviews on cigars, bourbon, and food over at our website, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. I am sure this is of great benefit for people who take a train. But that Google Maps is doing this, I think, is creepy and doesn't matter to a vast majority of the country. Eat, drink, smoke. Good to be with you. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy right there. Google announced that on their, their maps feature, they will have in cities across the country a, a, a part of the, the, the map, a piece of their, their, their app, whatever you want to call it, that will show you how busy 
a train is so you know whether you want to take another train. Now, maybe I'm only thinking of it as the United States are doing this across the, the, the globe where trains are certainly more prevalent. But when I think about the U.S., the majority of America is never on a train. Never, ever, ever. So th- was this something they created because the people who, who work at Google live in these, these coastal cities and they're like, oh, we need to know how busy the train is. Well, I think you're right. I mean, they said that they have been testing it on New York's Long Island Railroad. Uh, to me, this will just make muggers rejoice all through the city of New York. <laughs> I did not think of that. Looking for the least crowded train to hop on to uh, pay a visit. And uh, just the opposite, the pickpockets will go for the busiest train right? <laughs> uh, th- th- that are out there. I don't Something about this, never mind who's using a train, something about this just smacks as creepy. The, yeah. This, it, it's, 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 it's invasive, right? There's so, how much tracking of we the people is actually going on? We've always known we're being tracked, but you're counting the amount of people on the train, what, by the smartphone? Yeah. Uh... That's the thing, is that we all know we are being tracked, and we're all, you know, we're all still carrying our phones, so I guess for, for a lot of us, it's acceptable enough that we're still carrying our phones, but we don't like it thrown in our face that we're being tracked. And this is an example of, hey, by the way, we're Google, and here's one more way we're tracking you. Uh, We know what train you're on, and uh, we're going to tell other people uh, whether your train is crowded or not. It's creepy. It's super creepy. Now, in the world of tech, there is something else going on, and we're all subject to this. If you've driven by, and we've talked about this numerous times because... This is an issue, and this plays. We're seeing shortages everywhere. It, it, food shortages, uh, tech shortages is what I'm talking about. General Motors will halt most large pickup truck production because they don't have the chips. I know you cover this subject. You follow this subject, Fingers, with, with intensity. Exactly how bad is this? Um, it's bad. When you start getting into... The big money-making vehicles, I, I follow the big three a lot. And we talked about last month how Ford was halting production of their F-150. Which is their entire line. I mean, F-150 is the cornerstone of Ford. Yes. And for General Motors, the Chevy Silverado, the GMC Sierra, those are two of their huge money makers, And they have been kind of moving production around. They've been shutting down other plants that make less popular vehicles um, and you know, shipping those computer chips to keep the, the, the trucks running, uh, the truck plants running. And now when it's affecting, it's having an impact on truck production, you know it's serious. And what's going to be even more serious is you're going to see an overcorrection where there's going to be a glut of computer chips at some point. Uh, but for right now, automakers are hurting. They're losing billions of dollars in revenue because of this chip shortage. GM is scheduled to lose $110 billion in 2021. And that's just General Motors. But how this plays down the line is how this affects dealerships. Now, the service side actually increases, as I know it in these moments, because people have to take care of the car they have because there are no new cars to buy. And used car prices are absolutely positively through the roof. There's a story out of WCVB, and that's Boston uh, area. I, I believe it is. 
and how used car prices have been going up so much because there are no used cars. Uh, no new cars. Used cars are selling for more than new cars in that area. I have seen the used car prices go up. I think the average is $9,000. They, they've gone up. So, yeah, that's, a, that's big for the used car dealer if they can get the used cars because now there's a massive competitive uh, space for that. And people, are when they're bringing their car into service, hey, if you'd like to sell that, hey, uh, well, we'd be happy to take that off your hands for you. It's stunning. Yeah, and the five cars uh, in, in Boston that we're talking about, two of them we just got done talking about, the uh, Chevy Silverado, uh, the GMC Sierra, uh, the F, uh, the Ford F-150, the uh, the Ram pickup truck, and the Toyota Tacoma, they're selling anywhere from $600 to $2,200 more, the upcharge, on used cars because the people... People need their trucks, and you know if you're running a business or if you're, you know, maybe not so much in in Boston. We're talking about farming, but uh, you know, trucks are very popular. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's the popularity thing. Yeah. The the days of the sedan. I mean, as, as I, I sit here, where we record at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, they're also in Nashville and Houston and in Pittsburgh. BlendBarCigar.com. We appreciate their hospitality. I'm staring at a Fiat. Okay, there's a reason people buy that car, but in the main. People want to sit up. They they like the safety. They like the room. They they want what they want. Truck and trucks are trucks are luxury vehicles at this stage of the game when you're spending sixty thousand plus on a new one. Yeah, and you're buying uh you know your your new house if you can get your hands on one and you're doing a whole bunch of uh, do it yourself projects where you need to throw uh, a bunch of things in the back and it's so easy to do it in the bed of a pickup truck. I'm going to be doing a bunch of landscape work next week. I got to throw the 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 concrete edging in the back and I, I'm doing it in a van wish I had a truck but you know people, concrete edging yeah you know the pavers uh, you know oh, oh is that what you're doing yeah okay yeah. so I mean all these do-it-yourselfers that want to you know do their work at home because it's a little bit cheaper and, and maybe they're still at home because of uh, the pandemic uh, they need vehicles like this I there's no end in sight right now the overcorrection should mean for us the consumer some pretty incredible deals. But aren't part of what happened in this chip shortage, it was Harvard Business Review that wrote about this, was an excellent piece, was that the manufacturers miscalculated. And instead of just, you know, there, were, there was one thing to say, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to go out there and, and get uh, and, and, and order the, 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 the chips, right? But they didn't, they, they said, no, cancel the order, as opposed to, hey, let's have the chips ready to go. And by canceling the orders, Others in the electronics world bought the chips, yep. and that's why there's a shortage. They miscalculated completely because they didn't keep a stock and a supply. These people aren't going to go about you know, building crazy amounts of trucks and figuring there's just such a demand they have to do it. That, that's not going to happen. No, I, I'm just talking Is about it? a glut of computer chips. That's what's going to happen, and that's what's going to make things interesting uh, going down the road. But... Uh, you know, it's it's there's so many people were at home and they were they were upping their electronics game. So more consumer electronics were being sold and these chips were being bought up by other people than uh, the automotive industry. And now the automotive industry is suffering greatly because of it. How many people get laid off to a level of permanence from the big three? I don't think it'll be a permanent thing. No, no, because they're they're still making money. It's it's amazing. People are going to dealerships because there's a lack of vehicles and they're paying. Not even negotiating sticker. They're just saying, "I'll take it," 
And uh, so there, there's going to be, uh, as you know, the used car market is, is just so outrageous. When we get more and more new vehicles out there, people are going to buy and people will go back to work. I believe in buying luxurious towels. That's that's called the Segway people. And my pillow has luxurious towels. I use these towels. They are great. The my pillow towel set, proprietary technology. They're highly absorbent, soft to the touch. None of that lotiony kind of feel in the towel. Sixty day money back guarantee. You can try them for yourself or turn them if you're not fully satisfied. The cotton is grown in the U.S. Available in a variety of colors, and each towel comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and a washcloth two pack. And you can get for a limited time the my pillow six piece towel set regularly $109.99 for $39.99 with promo code Tony go to mypillow.com click on the radio listener square enter promo code Tony you can get discounts on the Giza Dream bed sheets which I have the MyPillow premium pillows which I have but you get your six piece MyPillow towel set for only $39.99 with promo code Tony mypillow.com promo code Tony smoking the Davidoff Dominicana and we've got more coming up this is Eat Drink Smoke I admit now with full disclosure that I am no expert on scotch. I don't think I'm an expert on bourbon either, but I have a much more friendly relationship with bourbon uh, than scotch. Scotch is, it's very simple. Scotch is Scotland. Like bourbon is the United States. Scotch is Scotland. It has to be mashed and fermented, distilled and matured in Scotland in oak cast for at least three years in part made from barley. It's got to be fermented with yeast and at least 40% alcohol by volume. But from there, you can kind of do anything with scotch, which is, well, pretty much a whole bunch of fun. And this is the Arbolor Abunda scotch. It's eat, drink, smoke, or eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. And I will tell you, I'm not so sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. Arbolor. A-B-E-R-L-O-U-R and Abunda. A apostrophe. B-U-N-A-D-H. That's what it is right there. And this is matured in sherry casks. Sometimes you'll hear it referred to as a sherry butts. B-U-T-T-S. But it's not butts. It's casks. I'm Tony Katz. Did I say that, by the way? That right there is Fingers Malloy. I'm so in uh, to what's going on with this scotch right here. Uh, These sherry casks are uh, Oloroso casts, which is, uh, if I'm understanding it right, a type of sherry. And what happens is, is they've got this 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 mix of, of whiskeys that they put together. Some of these things, as old as, uh, or uh, the barrels are up to 25 years in age, and the whiskey is a blend of all of these things. And as the guys at Whiskey Wash explained, and I appreciate it, was thewhiskeywash.com, it's bottled at cask strength, and it is aged, or, or I should say the, the alcohol by volume is somewhere between 59 and 61%. Ooh. So let's call it 60% ABV or 120 proof. Gets the applause from Fingers Malloy. This is the Speyside region. So this is the northeast, I believe, of Scotland. And this is an area where the, the minerals in the water are less, so you're able to get more flavor out of there. There's, a, there's, there's you got the quality of water. There's an abundance of... Of, of water, lower levels of dissolved minerals, so you're able to, to for, for a lot of scotch enthusiasts, really get a more uh, valuable flavor out of it. Uh, the, and this was recommended by, by our sommelier here, uh, Richard at, at Blend Bar Cigar. My scotch knowledge, Fingers Malloy. I mean, it sounds impressive as, as I do the research, but 
it's only a question of, of, of what does it taste like. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm still stuck on Sherry's butt. <laughs> That's what it is because I, I saw it at first, and it, they were they were talking about the fact that it's 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 matured in these first Phil Oloroso Sherry butts. I'm like. I don't know what that is. It's casks. That's oh. that's what it is. That I, I did that look. I think I've got that right. It's it's uh, casks, and it's done in these batches. That's how it's done. The nose on this, mm. well, that is scotch, but not overwhelming. You think of scotch as that peat, that mossy, that smoky. And one of the reasons I shy away from scotch is that it messes with the cigar. I'm much more interested in the cigar than I am in competing with the cigar. But the nose here has a very bourbon-esque, and I think it's that sherry cask giving it that sweetness. It's got that, a little bit of that typical scotch uh, on the nose, but then there's there's that spice, and then I'm getting some citrus. A oh, little I bit. I don't, I don't think that, that you're, you're, you're wrong uh, uh, about that. It, it, it is a lovely nose. There is a bit of alcohol on the nose there. Uh, the color of this is is golden heading into the amber. It actually looks, uh, it doesn't look dirty. It just that in that coloring, it looks a bit muddled is, is the way it is. It's not necessarily a honey. It's not necessarily golden. It's not particularly red. But as we look at it and look at it in different kinds of lights, it's playing in a, in a couple of different ways. But that nose does have a bit of, of that citrus, almost, almost a marmalade kind of thing going on. Marzipan? Is it marzipan? It is not marzipan, but it, but it is lovely. This Arbolor uh, Abunda, A, apostrophe, B-U-N-A-D-H. It's, it's a nice nose. It's a nice, easy, simple nose. Now, we do this neat, and one of the reasons we want to, to try it is because you got to expand the palate. you got to try new and different things. How else are you going to get good at understanding what you like and what you don't like if you don't try things all the way around. You ready to do this, Fingers Molly? Absolutely. Have I explained what it is? Have I explained the Speyside uh, region, right? Have I explained the sherry butts or casks, uh, as I would, this blend of whiskeys that, that comes into this? Because scotch is either single malt or blended. That's how it works. I, so far, I like sherry's butts, and I, I, will, not den- I will not lie. No. You other Scots can deny. You ready? Yeah. You're going to do the first sip. He's, we do it neat, and then we decide to bring it to a cube or a chip or just some cool water. He's doing the sip right there, moving it around the mouth, sometimes referred to as the Kentucky Chew. Oh, eyebrows just lifted up. He's not sure what he's got right there. He's still moving. All right, fingers. <laughs> what? That's a... Maniacal I, laugh. I can't wait to see your reaction on this. All right. Okay, first of all... Uh, very spicy on the tongue, a sting on the tongue. Uh, there is definitely, uh, you know, you refer to it as an ethanol. Uh, you're, 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 you're definitely, when you're taking a sip, realizing that this is 120. I, I, as, as, since they don't actually give that information, I, that, that's how I, I took it. Uh, but the spice is there, uh, very citrusy. It's pleasant. Uh, I'm interested to see your reaction uh, a little bit of a burn uh, going down the throat, but the, the tongue, uh, very spicy and, and quite a sting. So I'm, I'm playing with that, that nose still. Yeah, I think, I think the orange, that, that citrus is there. There is a little bit of spice almost in a, in a, in a, in a baking spice kind of way. I'm ready to go. Oh, this is, this is good. Right, here we go. Okay, he's going in. He's doing the Memphis Munch. And- oh. 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 
There it is. Um, okay. So first, sting on the lip, sting on the, on the tip of the tongue, mid-tongue, uh, felt in the back of the throat. The heat is in the very lower of the chest. You're, turn, you, you're turning a little red, Tony. Oh, my gosh. Um, if you ever wanted an example of what raisin tastes like, there it is. I mean, it, it's, it's exactly, exactly that. Um, it's very, very pronounced, very, very big. It's got an aftertaste that's almost burnt. <laughs> and I know for some people, they're like, I have to try that. Scotch is one of those things, man. If you've got the palate for it, these kinds of flavors that we're talking about. Oh, the heat came back to the chest. Hold there on. it is. Whoo. He. Ladies and gentlemen, he's grabbing oh, his chest. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's gravitating north. Please, ju- please just be the heat and nothing else. Please just. Uh, that's, that is interesting. Raisin. There's a touch of, of clove. There, there is nothing about this that is my flavor profile. Literally zero. But if you want to try something that's going to kind of expand you out of what's possible, this isn't like normal scotch. And this at a bottle is $90 a bottle, Fingers Malloy. Is it in your liquor cabinet? No, it's not in my liquor cabinet. But going back to our conversation in the previous hour about an experience, yeah, this is something that you definitely want to try in your favorite cigar lounge if they have it for the experience. It's not a one-trick pony. Uh, there are several things going on here and several things you're going to enjoy. It's, it's funny. It's not my flavor profile, but it ain't bad. It's not in my liquor cabinet at 90 bucks, but this... Ain't bad right here, the Arbalor. This is Eat Drink Smoke. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat Drink Smoke, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eat Drink Smoke, and Instagram, at Eat Drink Smoke Podcast. I'm all in favor of a sequel. You have a good movie. You want to make another movie? I'm totally cool with it. Clerks 3? Um, not even supposed to be here today. Eat, drink, smoke. Great to be with you. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy right there. Now understand that Clerks was revolutionary. Clerks changed the game for independent films. We're talking about Kevin Smith. And this is the area that I grew up in. I grew up in Middletown, New Jersey. So this was Leonardo. I know where this quick stop is. Uh, Kevin Smith had his place, uh, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash, which was the comic book shop right there in Red Bank, New Jersey. Used to take music lessons in the musician studio right above Jack's Music Shop, which is where, uh, the, at least at last check, the comic book shop was right there on Broad. I, I know these areas. I could drive them like the back of my hand. It's been a long time, so I'm not sure if it's still there. But I know these spots all too well. And Clerks, if you've never seen Clerks, Clerks is a spectacularly funny, good movie, independent, touch gorilla, and made in Kevin Smith's entire career. Well, now, after Clerks 2, there's going, and then there was Mall Rats, and there was Chasing Amy, a lot of movies. Clerks 3, the original cast, Jeff Anderson as Randall, Brian O'Halloran as Dante, Jay Muse as, as uh, Jay, Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, Rosario Dawson is coming back. The question before us is, Clerks 3? Uh, I, I want to believe it's going to be good. I, I want to believe it's going to be good. Right. But, but uh, huh? Did you see, I couldn't even make it through the Jay and Silent Bob reboot trailer. I There's something about, look, the 
Clerks. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. No, the, the reboot movie in 2019. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, here's, here's the deal. Clerks is so Gen X. If you were going to say, what, show me what Gen X was back in the 90s. It's Clerks, right? Everything, it, it, it screams Gen X. We're all getting older. Do we want to see these characters in their 50s? Do we want to, or do we want to remember Clerks as these young Gen X kids in 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 the the movie rental place in the convenience store and not see them as as middle aged men? I it's going to be interesting to see how they tackle. Do you know this. what the movie's about? I, I is, doesn't Randall have a heart attack or something? So he has a massive heart attack. And he wants to make a movie immortalizing his life at the convenience store that started it all. Now, you know, Kevin Smith had a heart attack. That's what led uh, to, to the weight loss. And, and good for him. And, and he's, he's fantastic in the comic book world. And what he has done with, with uh, franchises and helping things like The Flash on, on the CW and other things. He's terrific. He's got a mind for this. He has helped build out this genre in a great way. I think, I think the, that entire comic world owes him a, a debt of gratitude. I just, if he, if he can entertain me with the story, that's great. But why shouldn't he get in on the reboot craze? Just like Will and Grace did a six-episode, ten-episode reboot of the show. They've all, full, Fuller House, I think that might still be on the air on Netflix for all I know. So people are, people are nostalgic. And I don't know if that means that the content today isn't as good, even though, for, for a few years there, we were in this crazy heyday of television. Some of the best television that you could think. If you think of the past decade, whether it's Game of Thrones, whether it's Mad Men, Breaking Bad, you can, you can add right now in your head. You're, you're already screaming it at your radio. A hundred shows where you're like, oh, what about this? Oh, what about that? One of the great shows that never got enough credit, Silicon Valley, which was on HBO, which was spectacular TV. Uh, so people are nostalgic for reboot stuff, but there's been great TV regardless. So I guess there's a market. Have you seen the alternate ending to Clerks? You've mentioned the alternate endings to Clerks. I have never heard of it. Where did you see this? Where did you hear it's about this? It's on YouTube. I, I read a, a piece about it and how they had to <laughs> totally remake the ending of the film. It's chilling. Dante is in the convenience store at the end. Randall leaves and says, okay, you're closed. And all of a sudden, a guy wanders in. You don't see him. And Dante says, I'm sorry, we're closed. And all of a sudden, you see a gun. And the guy shoots Dante right in the chest and kills him and then robs him, robs the store, and then leaves. And that's the end of the movie. I don't think Clerks is a classic. If, that, if that's the ending, you don't get the warm fuzzies at the end. And it's, holy crap, it went from, I wasn't supposed to be here today to, I wasn't supposed to be here today, and I'm dead I, I, I don't know if people have the same warm and fuzzy feeling about clerks. Okay, first, uh, I'm not supposed to be, I'm not even supposed to be here today, and he dies, is exactly perfect. <laughs> exactly perfect. Uh, secondly, it would have been very interesting if it turned into a Tarantino film. <laughs> I think that would, have been, that would have been amazing, but you wouldn't have had Clerks 2 or Clerks 3. I, and I don't hate on Clerks 2. Clerks 2 wasn't a bad movie, but when you're comparing it to Clerks... I mean, that's... that's it's because such... Clerks was, was, was renegade. Look, you could not make Blair Witch Project today. Nobody would buy in because right. there's been too many of them. When Blair Witch Project came out, that movie scared the living crap out of me. 
That movie was absolutely spectacular. I don't know if it holds up. I, I refuse to go back and watch it. Way, way too scared. I mean, I'm going to share a story now of something that's happening to me. And, and this may have happened to you. I have bats. So I'm true sorry. story. I have bats. A year ago, I'm minding my own business. I walk into the closet. There's a bat on the ground. I stared at the bat. Bat wasn't necessarily moving, but was moving a little. I closed the closet door. I turned to my wife and I said, get me my gun. And she said, what? And I showed her the bat. She goes, just cover the bat. So I covered the bat with a towel. We got it into a Tupperware. We put it out near a tree because a bat needs to be able to climb up in order to fly. It can't just launch itself from the ground. And bats are protected. They, they eat mosquitoes. They're good things. That was a year ago. A couple days ago, I'm in bed. My wife is in bed. And I'm, I'm, I'm drifting off to sleep. And all of a sudden, I hear, Tony? The bat talked? It's in the bed. That's what she says. At that moment, I jump out of bed and I do grab my firearm. Because I don't know what's in the bed. It's a bat. Second bat. Okay, that's odd. A year later, it must be this time of year, etc. We get the bat in. We put it out by the tree. We call somebody. Okay, we got, we got to check uh, that. You call a realtor? Right. <laughs> well, this is where I'm at. <laughs> we call someone. We got to find out what's going on. Last night. Oh, stop it. Last night, I step out of the shower, and my wife says, Tony? And I'm like, uh, okay, I, don't, I have no idea. Does the missus have a bat tone now where you, when you hear Tony just the right Tony? way? Tony? I'm like, what? She goes, be quiet. What? Listen. In the wall. Oh, no. Scratching in the wall. I'm like, oh, my God, we have bats. And it's, in the, it's, it's on the wall next to this built-in medicine cabinet we have. So we're like, is, is this where the bats are coming in? Because we haven't been able to figure it out. I get on a step stool, and sure enough, between this light bar that's there and the, the medicine cabinet, there's a gap. We've been living there for four years. We never noticed it. We could see straight back to the insulation. I grabbed duct tape. I tape <laughs> off the thing. I taped off the entirety of the medicine cabinet. The next thing you know, the bat is in the medicine cabinet trying to get out. So they came today. They got the bat out. The bat is fine. You can't do anything with the bats because there's a time frame where you can and can't do things. So you have to come back in three weeks to then properly remove the bats and install the things that'll make sure the bats don't come back in. Scarier than Blair Witch Project. I, I'm, I'm a grown man. I admit it. I, I'm prepared to move at any second. You're Batman. I, I, I am not. <laughs> I have not made friends with the bats. <laughs> That much is, is, is for sure. Uh, but I will see Clerks 3 because I'm just a sucker for it. There's news out of Tokyo, Tony. I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, the Olympic Games is going on. Yeah. and I, I, I've been told. Uh, NBC is very much aware of it because you know they're broadcasting the Olympics. And uh, network insiders are not high on uh, what the potential ratings are going to be this time around and I can't say that I'm surprised there's a dark cloud hanging over these games between the, the pandemic and I don't know for me this may just be anecdotal as someone who cut the cord but you know how there's always like if you're watching network TV there's like this ramp up and you're seeing the ads mm -hmm. and they, they, they bring you in if you're not experiencing those ads I, I almost have to be reminded 
<laughs> on a regular basis. Oh, the Olympics are coming up. The, Olymp- the Olympics are here. I think that's been true with a lot uh, of sports. The Milwaukee Bucks just won the NBA championship. And uh, I, I don't, don't get me wrong, people were watching, but I haven't heard about those ratings being stellar. Yeah. I, I haven't heard that at all. And it could be for a multitude of reasons. And, and with, with the Olympics, not only do you have uh, the, the, the ratings issue, you have Tokyo admitting we may cancel these games. We may cancel these games midway through. They're seeing a rise in COVID cases. They see it differently than we do in the United States. They've already said no fans. They're telling the athletes no fraternizing. You've had some athletes who have contracted COVID and have been sent home. Can you imagine? No. You've trained your entire life. This is your moment. You qualify for the Olympics. And then two days beforehand, you're told, oh, by the way, you've tested positive for COVID-19. It's you why can't I can't watch figure skating. I cannot watch figure skating at the Olympics, and those people are athletes like nobody else. You train your whole life, your whole life, and it's the only sport that in gymnastics where if you slip once, you don't, you don't get a medal. Yeah. I don't know what to do with that information. I don't know how to process. There is no other sport where if you make one mistake, it's all over. It's, even if you were the, the, the Phoenix Suns, Losing uh, four games to two, and you'd won the first two games of, the, of this NBA uh, uh, Finals, you have the chance to come back and play. Or you can argue, well, at least I'm making millions. You've got a way of somehow making yourself feel better. That slip on the balance beam or that slip with a triple sow cow, will, that's with you forever. There's no way, there's no way a- a- around it. And... and Maybe they've got a better way of dealing with it than I do as the outsider looking in. I watch, and the nerves are too great. The Arbolor Abunda, that blended scotch on the rock, that's worth trying. Not sure about it. My liquor cabinet at $90. And the Davidoff Dominicana, $24 to $30. This can be in my humidor, but definitely something worth smoking. It has been... I'm just now working on to that final third, and it's been this nice bit of sweet and the leather and that little bit of wood. Find us everywhere, eatdrinksmokeshow.com, and get the podcast. Subscribe, like. It's at all your favorite podcast platforms. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Did you know Audible isn't just for audiobooks? They have podcasts, too. And you guessed it, Eat, Drink, Smoke is now on Audible. Listen to us there. Eat, Drink, Smoke.